0: Another book from Bill O'Reilly. Now, here's the good news. At least in this one, he's not killing someone. Bill O'Reilly,
1: how are you? What do you mean the good news? What, what does that mean? Well, I mean, the mean eight, they're, they're the just... eight killing books of 17 million copies in print. Come yeah. on.
0: And I remember you mocking me. Uh, all right. Bill O'Reilly. Yes. You were on an airplane, but not just any airplane on Friday.
1: No, last week I had to do the Beck program on Thursday because Friday um, I was fortunate enough, and I i really believe fortunate is the best word, to uh, ride down uh, Florida with the President of the United States on Air Force, or Air Force One. Mm-hmm. So I was looking around for Harrison Ford. He wasn't there, and I was happy, so there was not going to be any shootout on the plane.
0: Did you see the pod that he can escape with?
1: Yeah, listen, that thing, you can live in that thing. That's the biggest machine I've ever seen. Um, it's got— <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Here's how crazy it is. Yes. It has M&Ms with Trump's name on it. I believe that. (laughs) I believe that. There you go. All right, so tell me about the book that you're writing. Okay, it's a history book. Um, We're going to announce in a a few weeks the title. I have a title in mind, but, you know, I'm giving the publisher a chance to come up with one as well. Um, It's not a pro-Trump book. It's not an anti-Trump book. It's Why He Believes What He Believes. And he's a complicated guy. I've known him more than 30 years, so I'm probably the best guy to write the book because I'm not looking to hurt him, and I'm not looking to help him. Um, So I'm already writing it, um, and it's, I think, if you don't hate him, if you hate him, you don't want to read this. But if you're curious about him and you like him or like him, you're going to want to read it. Going to be a big book, Bill. I think so. Yeah, you'll finally be um, able to it's retire. A hard book to write. <laughs> um, I was writing it last night and uh, I, I'm banging my head against the wall. Here's yeah. here's why it's hard. He doesn't want you to know about this stuff. See, most people they like talking about their childhood. I mean, I know you love talking about your time in reform school <laughs> and and how you know you. Yeah. Uh, were incarcerated for most of your childhood. Well, I was no, kept in an iron lung. He doesn't want that. And and they, it was so hard to interview him about it because we're sitting in the office. you got a big office on the plane. But in front of him is this giant TV screen. Did you just turn it off? No. Oh, and Fox News is on the screen. Mm-hmm. So his eyes keep darting particularly when the Chiron mentions his name mm-hmm. onto the screen, I've got to focus him back. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to bring him back to the 1950s. Trump was born in 1946. And and to have him describe what his childhood was like, his father and mother, his four siblings, uh, his neighborhood, and how that all affected him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's like the dentist at one point... <laughs> He didn't want to do this at all. He only did it because I'm so annoying and he's known me for a long time, okay? So he, go, he looks at me and he goes, Where's Melania? Where's my wife? Get her in here. So instantly, Melania Trump appears in the office and he looks at her and he goes, He's torturing me. He's torturing me just like he did on television. <laughs> Tell him to stop. And Melania is like this frozen smile, doesn't say a word, doesn't say anything just looks at him, looks at me, and vanishes. <laughs> Boom, she's gone. And I go, can we just get this over with? You know, because he, that was the last thing on earth he wanted to talk about. Yeah. Now, I did get an hour of stuff, and some of it is fascinating. But the rest of it is our researchers. And, and did you know that he, his, his father, who he idolized, uh, pulled him out of the Shishi school in Queens and sent him to military school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right? Um, Do you and, know
0: about his uncle? Are you going to include the stuff on his uncle?
1: His well, uncle- his uncle was an MIT person his uncle was an MIT guy
0: about? his uncle was the guy and this really comes from when when Donald Trump says you know i come from the best stock and you know i just a brilliant family it comes really from his uncle who is an MIT but his uncle yes. was selected by the government when nikolai tesla died to go in and look at all of the papers uh, of Nikolai Tesla, uh, Tesla and which ones should be kept by the government and which ones shouldn't be kept, uh, and they could go to uh, his his home country. So he, he was the guy The who,
1: uncle didn't have any influence, really, on Donald Trump. It was all a father, and the father wasn't there very much. Um, but we get into it, and I'll just give the, your audience uh, uh, just how different this book's going to be. His father was arrested at a Klan rally. Oh and, nobody, and nobody knows any of this. And I asked him about it. I asked Donald Trump about it uh, when his father was a young man. His grandfather, Trump's grandfather, went up to Alaska in the Klondike gold rush. Um, it, it, I mean, there's so much in there that nobody has any blanket clue. Because the books that Trump wrote about himself were all about him today. Uh, the real estate business, mm-hmm. or, You know, all of mm-hmm. that nothing about what he did as a kid and how it all and his and his sister of course eight years old is a federal judge Mm -hmm. so is a fascinating study i think at the time is right for a history book on uh, president of the united states um let's knock the myths out and get to the real person all
0: right that's bill o'reilly when's the book coming out bill probably Mm -hmm. september okay uh bill o'reilly and his uh new book on donald trump we'll um talk to him more about that uh but we want to switch topics to the new Green Deal, which I, I think love that.
1: is... I love f- the Green Deal. Right. I, I, I'm really... I'm, I'm up for it. Now. Oh, it's
0: fantastic. We'll do that in one minute. This is why we have said, Bill O'Reilly, for a while, that Ocasio-Cortez is a dream come true for the conservatives. She is so dumb. Uh, she has released her new Green Deal and... She, uh, all, without seeing it, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, they all signed on. And then it comes out. And she says, we're going to, in the next 10 years, we have to abolish 99% of all cars, get rid of all oil, natural gas, and nuclear energy. Plus, we're going to tear down or gut every structure in America. And then rebuild it with new green materials. And then also we're just going to have to abolish all airplanes.
1: Well, what's wrong with that?
0: (laughs) Nothing. Nothing if you're a moral person. Nothing. Okay.
1: So I write in my message of the day on BillOReilly.com that uh, Alexandria (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez is really Katy Perry. Okay? She doesn't. She's doing this for one reason, and that's be to become a star. She's already addicted to the fame and the spotlight that the media is giving her. Mm. All right? And you know how that seductive that is. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get in and adulation and, and constantly in the media, on mm-hmm. television, mm-hmm. and you're 29 years old, uh, you get addicted. So that's where she is. So it's not like she's going to Harvard Sitting down with the people at the Kennedy School and developing some kind of cogent plan uh, to make the planet uh, more prosperous in the future. That's not what's happening. Okay, what's happening is she's got a couple of people around her saying, "Oh, oh, oh let's do this, let's do that," and the press, of course, is enabling all this. Mm-hmm. So rather than scrutinizing it, <clears throat> they're enabling it. They're, oh, this is this is great. Look at her. Uh, look at her hair. Look, look what she's wearing. Okay. So I don't take any of this seriously. Yesterday she came out and wants to abolish ICE. You know, don't, not a dime more for ICE. Okay, fine. Look, this is, to me, comic relief. Mm-hmm. All right? This is what this is. I, I get a <laughs> kick out of it. It's not real. Uh, you say that Harris and all these people have uh, signed on. Nancy Pelosi has been grossly disrespectful to Congresswoman um cortez she won't put her on any committees that are worth anything she if you ask her about it she gives you the little pelosi smile and the eye roll so the structure of the democratic party knows this is comic relief and if it got any traction it would hurt the democratic party Mm -hmm. so that's what's going on
0: i think they're just letting her um, selfishly. I think they're just letting her implode. I, I was at the State of the Union. Uh, I was in Speaker Pelosi's office, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, unannounced uh, and unbeknownst to them that I was coming in. Um, Did you just
1: break into the office? Or? No, I
0: just just walked in. Just, you walked, just in. walked
1: in. Uh, hi, I'm Glenn. And, uh, no, uh, I, I'm walked in, and-
0: I walked in with a congressman, uh, Senator. I mean, uh, Congressman uh, Thomas Massey, And he said, these people are so clueless, they'll think that I'm a freshman Democrat that they've never seen before. So come on, (laughs) let's just go in. So we went in and Ocasio-Cortez and Nancy Pelosi were side by side, thick as thieves, um, you know, glad handing people. It was it was an obscene uh, scene. But I I think she's keeping her close um, uh, and letting her have her way and having her day in the sun in the sunlight. Knowing that she's
1: going to implode. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, did Pelosi have any idea who you were? Uh, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet a picture. Uh, so she didn't know because I asked that question because I ran into Pelosi at the White House. She never would come on my show, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, Congresswoman, uh, so nice to see you, mm-hmm. um, Bill O'Reilly, and I'd love to have you on my program sometime." And she, oh, I'd love to do that. Had no blanking clue who I was. No. Her uh, husband standing next to her, his knees buckled. I thought he was going to collapse. <laughs> All right? Yeah. And, but she had no idea. So then the next day, we called up Pelosi's office and said, okay, uh, when's the congresswoman coming on? And then she issued a statement saying, oh, that was a social event. I, I really, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really have time. So I sent Waters out to ambush her and say, hey, you said you were going to come on Bill's show, and now you're not, are you afraid? That kind of thing. So she is absolutely clueless. She doesn't really have any no, I think of there's... reference outside party politics.
0: Yes, actually. and and I think even on that, she's, you know, her dentures are starting to float a bit, you know? Yeah, she
1: had trouble at the State of the Union. I thought first that she was chewing tobacco.
0: No. No? Her, no, her dentures are floating. Oh, That's what it is. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So
1: I said, where's the cup? I hope she's got a cup. She do not want to yeah. spit it on pens. <laughs>
0: Bill, have you have you actually sat in the gallery for the State of the Union? I have not.
1: I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I know.
0: I, I thought so couldn't. too. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever done. No, I was sitting it? at the yeah. uh, the fifty yard line, uh, watching it, and I was so I was sitting behind, and I could see. What everybody was doing with their hands, and the, you know, I could see all the Congress people tweeting sure. each other or yep. or texting each other, uh, checking their Facebook, reading porn. All of... I mean, it was <laughs> it was crazy to watch that thing and what the camera does not pick up. And Are you wearing white, Beck? Uh, I was wearing white. Yeah, I was sitting yeah, next I to Casio Cortez. I thought
1: I got a glimpse of you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I look like the Michelin Man or Marshmallow Man. Um, the uh, Casio Cortez. She was she was holding court uh, and uh, and so arrogant. And the people around her were so arrogant and they were looking at each other, uh, sneering. They were hissing. It was amazing to see Mm. this
1: arrogance. Right. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think that she's going to blow. Something will happen. But uh, in the meantime, is she not the most entertaining Congress person oh, yeah. on Capitol Hill? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gaining
0: years of my life back. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, this is, I, if I were Disney, I, I'd be giving her, her own show, whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Come no, she's a cartoon. In.
0: She's great. She's great. Um, so, what do you think, before we get into the abortion thing that happened this weekend and, and the reaction of Congress to the State of the Union? Um, what, what do you think, what do you think the, um, uh, the fallout here is on, uh, Ocasio-Cortez and this new green deal? Is it
1: just going to disappear? I don't think Americans are paying attention to it. All right. Here's what Americans are paying attention to. Um, number one, the economy. All right. Because the stock market, every day you, you, you don't know what is the deuce is going on there. Okay. And people are a little concerned, but you know, things are going all right now and they're hoping that'll continue. Number two, the border. The border is—I can't tell you how big the border is. Yeah, it's I agree. huge. Yeah, uh, you know the people and the polls do not reflect the level of concern that most Americans have for this, and and the drama between Trump, who may declare a national emergency—and I believe he will—and Pelosi, because it's personal now. It's—it's—you it's, know, who's going to win this. Um that is the big story. Ocasio Cortez, this is a media driven story. If you were to go out in the Mall of America is tonight and say, Oh, can you tell me one thing in the uh in the green thing? Everybody will look at you going oh, what what green green? What? They don't know.
0: Well so, that's but that is again um a, a, a testament of the media. Uh, yeah, if absolutely. if anyone would have come up with something this r- literally ridiculous, not extreme, this is ridiculous. If mm-hmm. anyone on the right would have done anything this ridiculous, uh, they would have, I mean, they would have a whole primetime special on Saturday Night Live about it. And the press is just going to move past,
1: don't look there. Yeah, they're never going to bring scrutiny to the far-left progressive positions on anything. They're never challenged. I mean, the governor of Virginia said, you know, look, hey, we'll, we'll kind of birth the baby. Then we'll uh, put it on a little table and make it comfortable, and then we'll discuss whether we should cut its throat or not. And, and did the press scrutinize that? No. Did they say, gee— O'Reilly just wrote Killing the SS and in that book is Hitler's T four program, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same thing. No, no, it's
0: where, no it's
1: not. Don't don't Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Hitler babies.
0: required three signatures from three doctors. We are only requiring one.
1: <laughs> three hundred thousand babies at least were executed after birth. Yep. German babies. Yep. Right. And the people the of third Germany
0: third. stood up against
1: it. It's <laughs> crazy. Where are we? All the press had to do was ask one simple question. What's the difference between the governor of Virginia's vision and all Adolf's vision? What's the difference? There no, isn't one. There isn't any. There isn't. There but they isn't. would never do that. Okay, Bill O'Reilly. Or
0: we're going to We're going to continue with him here in uh, just a second. Bill O'Reilly, you can find him at billoreilly.com. Here is No Spin Zone, his podcast. Also his uh, his old shows. Also, you know, you you watch what he was doing before, just now he's he's completely unrestrained. billoreilly.com. Welcome back to Bill O'Reilly on the Glenn Beck program. Bill, I know you were on our uh, Blaze Live uh, coverage of the State of the Union and uh, Bowling told me later that you had a disagreement with him. He said it's it's time for the president to really just go charging like a bull, and you said no. Uh, I, I am clearly on your side. He needs to uh, he needs to just um, keep going with his agenda and moving forward. But he it uh, this is what you're saying, I agree. He needs to now be presidential, be above it all. And and outline a very positive uh, vision. He needs to get his likability numbers up. Uh, and he did. I thought he gave the perfect speech, um, with a, with a, without you know saying we're going to go to the moon and giving us a, a, a grand vision like Kennedy did. I think he gave the uh, the best speech he has given, and exactly the right speech to try to bring the middle back in to to him and away from the crazies on the left
1: well he's eight points away from re-election um if you believe the polls and all the polls pretty much say the same thing um so he needs to persuade uh eight percent of the electorate to support him and that's certainly doable particularly if the democrats run uh you know crazy people against him but i don't think they will i think it's going to be biden And uh, Kamala Harris, unless there are scandals or black faces or whatever, you know, you never know these days Mm -hmm. what's coming out. Um, Anyway, uh, the speech was well crafted. They made a couple of mistakes um, when he said countless numbers of Americans have been murdered by illegal aliens. That's certainly not true. Um, The count is there. Um, Once you start to generalize or over exaggerate a problem, then that gives the uh, opposition, you know, i look at he's lying again or he's yeah, doing yeah. this again and that. you got to be very tight and disciplined. I talked to him about the State of the Union when I was on Air Force One. When anybody of any party asked me my opinion, and I, I have no animus toward the person, I respectfully give it. And I talked to the speechwriters and him, and I basically said, look, facts will win out. And you've got the facts on your side at this juncture in history, so the facts are going your way as far as the state of the union is concerned. Mm-hmm. The other side doesn't have any facts. All they want to do is undermine and hate you. So capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought the speech was good, um, but he continues to be obsessed with Mueller.
0: And He's got to forget Mueller. I you're ever going to get
1: him not to be obsessed, and that's yeah. a weak point. Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, what let they're let counting it go on. Uh, you know, all the reporting says that Mueller doesn't have anything that's going to mean that it's meaningful in the election. That's what the, all the reporting, all the leaks are. He just doesn't have it. So let it play out. Don't be obsessed. Today he's obsessed with a Trump. Today he's tweeting again about it.
0: He's going to – nobody cares about Mueller. Nobody cares Not except the swamp. Point. Right. They may.
1: They may care if he – issue something that nobody knows about. Correct. Horrendous. Correct. But at this point, correct. But he's tired. It's boring. Correct. It's
0: old. And if they're doing investigation after investigation because Mueller didn't have anything, that will play poorly for the Democrats if he stays above it. But if he gets into it, people are just going to be afraid. There's going to be like, I don't want any of this anymore. Let's just change. And they'll change to whomever. Uh, if the president is bogged down in in this street fight with a bunch of people that nobody really cares about.
1: And that's the key. So uh, the Trump administration and his re-election people have to zero in on what the voters care about. All right? And at this point, Russian collusion is certain. The only people who care about it are the hate Trump media. Yes, That's all. And, but it's hard. You know, uh, Donald Trump is a man who does not want to be criticized. I mean, uh, one of the things that I learned you're in about the wrong him business. is that even if the criticism is valid, even if it's constructive, he do not want to hear it. And he reacts very, very uh, emotionally to criticism.
0: Well, it, I thought he was – I thought in being in the chamber, because I heard – The things that you never hear on television or see on television. I saw the absolute disregard and disdain for the president from especially the progressive caucus. It was it was like it it was beyond anything I imagined was happening. And I knew things were bad, but it was just out of control. And honestly, I have more respect sitting in the room with him, watching the State of the Union and watching how many of the Democrats were treating him. I have more respect for him on how restrained he actually is, because they are not restrained because they never get called out on it. Nobody knows what they're doing when the camera is off. And I saw it. It was obscene.
1: But you've lived it. I know. I know. I know. Uh, there are people who want to destroy you and destroy me, and if we die in the process, they're happy. Yes, but as far as Trump is concerned, this is now a lifestyle. It's not a political position any longer. It's a lifestyle. So if you work for the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN, or NBC News, your lifestyle. The people you socialize with, your hobbies, uh, what you do um, in your leisure time is all centered around hating the president of the United States. It sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. They're obsessed with this. It's like cocaine for them. We have to hate them today. We have to. And if we don't hate them today. We're going to start to shake, and our stomach will hurt. It's a lifestyle. So it's a caricature, and that's what Trump should do. Now, I tried to explain that, but I don't think I got through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, said, I said mock them. It's, it's now to the point where it's insane, and regular folks know. Make fun of it. All right, because but he doesn't. He he tweets seriously about it. And I'm going, oh, this is not effective. No, Your people d- aren't buying it. When, when, and the rest
0: of the people are ignoring it. When when he was in the State of the Union and he said after the happy birthday, believe me, they would have never done that for me. That was Reagan. That's how
1: Reagan yeah, that's won. What I'm talking about. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Um just roll your eyes and say, so, oh, there they go is. again. And he can do that. Mm-hmm. He's talented enough to do that, but he just gets crazed when people uh, attack him, and particularly unfairly. I mean, he he gets – that's why I couldn't focus him on my questions because he was waiting to see what report was going to come out that smashed him. That's what he was – Interesting. And did
0: you talk to him about stop watching it?
1: No, I I don't lecture presidents of the United States. No, (laughs) that's not what I do. No, I know, Uh, but you were—you
0: said you were suggesting things to him because he—he
1: asked me. Mm -hmm. All right, I didn't give him the analysis. I just gave you that. That to me would have been way out of line. He asked me a question. I answer the question. Um, But I'm giving you a broad analysis of the fact that he is going to be in for a very tough re-election campaign. Yes, he is. All right. It's going to be very close. And every dirty, filthy trick is going to be used by both sides. All right. This is nasty beyond belief what's coming down the pike.
0: Do you see what happened? Do you see what happened with Jeff Bezos and the National Enquirer? Yep. Any comments on just, that?
1: That's just salacious. That doesn't have any political meaning to the country, even though Bezos owns the Washington Post and is gleeful about attacking President Trump. So, I, you know, a lot of people say, okay, it's another karma play. Um, to me, it's it's another tabloid story, uh, it doesn't affect anybody's life one way or the other. Um, if you don't know what the National Enquirer is by now, you're never gonna know. So yeah, all right. I don't even read the story. I read the headline. I go, okay. So what? <clears throat>
0: you know. Well, I thought yeah. I thought it was interesting um, uh, that Bezos decided to uh, find out. Get out in
1: front, put it out.
0: Yeah, and he put right. out this this right. really it's extortion. Uh, And he said, I'm going to I'm going to release it all. I'm not going to be held uh, for blackmail. Uh, He had hired Gavin DeBecker, who are the greatest security uh, people, I I think, in the world um, and said, unlimited budget. Go find out what this you know, what's really happening. I still
1: don't know who leaked all this stuff. Um, That'll be very that's the only interesting part to me. So you got this uh, billionaire who's got security all over the place and somebody gets into his uh, machine um okay how did that happen? i'm blaming it on putin I kidding, <laughs> all right i'm blaming it it's collusion uh amazon uh, colluding with putin um and i'm i'm accusing putin outright of doing it
0: but amazon would do that to their own owner which is really i think that that's what threw me off the trail bill i'm glad i'm glad to see you that amazon is working with putin to yeah. get bezos <laughs> which is yep. weird and yep. not it's it's not what they would expect you to think. Um yeah. all right. Uh bill last thing, the abortion law uh in Louisiana, Supreme Court blocked this uh from taking in an effect and it was John Roberts.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to be real smart in how you word these Laws that are trying to contain abortion. Um, John Roberts, certainly not a conservative man. Uh, He's trying to be Kennedy. Uh, I think that's his uh, role model. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think ultimately, if the states word the laws in a very constitutional way, they'll win. And they'll be able to regulate what happens within the state borders. But it's got to be methodical because these people in the Supreme Court, I mean, they're not sympathetic to the pro-life movement, most of them. Are they? Are, um, is, was, but, but I'm not sure about this crew.
0: Is the, are the Democratic voters in the middle of the country going to wake up in time to be able to see who has hijacked
1: their country and their party? I believe so. I think so, too. Um, and I think that would be very wise for the Trump campaign to concentrate on, mm-hmm. to take out a lot of ads. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and, and this is I, – I shouldn't say it, but I will. Um, <gasps> I don't think I'm violating uh, Donald Trump's confidence by doing it because I've said it publicly before. So we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. the president, and um, your humble correspondent. Mm-hmm. And um, he does not like her. Now, it's not at the level of Chuck Schumer. He hates Schumer. <laughs> okay? And did you notice Schumer looked like a frog? Oh, yeah. it was yeah. bad. He looked like a frog. He's just kind of this constricted thing. But anyway, so we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, and, you know, he's asking me um, about basically what her mindset is. And I said, look, uh, she is a party apparatchnik. That's her whole life. She doesn't know anything else. I can walk in a room. She doesn't know who I am. Glenn Beck can walk in a room. She won't know who he is. She said no. She said no. And I said, but if you really want to know the effectiveness of Nancy Pelosi, you, your campaign, send a camera crew to her district in San Francisco. All right? Shoot the hundreds of people on the streets. Uh, Injecting narcotics, going to the bathroom in public, Mm -hmm. screaming at the cameraman, obscenities, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right, frightening children trying to walk home from school. Mm -hmm. Just shoot it. And then run a 30 second spot where you say, This is Nancy Pelosi's district in California. And don't say anything else. Just let the pictures run. Might put a little music under them, all right? And then at the end, Repeat, this is Nancy Pelosi's district in California. That's it.
0: Very effective. I think it would be very effective. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Thank you so much for being on the program. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye.